0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the King's House podcast. We are a non-denominational church located in Macalester, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe that church is not something you go to, but it's a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until the family's there. Then that house becomes a home. So today we wanna say welcome home as we jump into today's service.
1: Morning, King's House. Anybody excited to be in God's house today? Man, thank you so much for being here, guys. I I mean it when I say there is no other place I'd rather be this Sunday morning than here at the King's House with you guys. We are so honored, so blessed to have you. Uh, We kicked off a new sermon series last week called Say So. And uh, I don't know about anyone else, I was so encouraged, I was so inspired by what God did through their story. Uh, Psalms 107 verse 2 says this, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And that's what this series is all about. Bragging on God, giving testimony of his goodness, of his faithfulness, of of all that he does in and through our lives. But this week is going to be just a little different. Uh, We did this series last year, if you recall. Up to this point, all the the stories that we've told have been after the fact. And it's so easy to after the fact to look back and see like, oh man, God, you really were good. You really were faithful, right? Well, today's a little bit different because the story we're telling today isn't over yet. Actually, we're right in the middle of this story. But I just am believing today that as you open up your heart, that God is going to challenge you, God is going to inspire you, encourage you, do a deep work in your heart today. Do you believe that, King's House? Yeah, pray with me. God, I love you so much. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you into this service. Have your way, Holy Spirit. You know every need, you know every struggle, you know the story that each of us are currently going through. So Holy Spirit, I just ask you would open our hearts, open our ears to hear and receive what you have for each and every one of us today. In Jesus' name, all God's people say it. Amen. Hey, let's roll that video this morning, guys.
2: Hi,
3: my name is Derek Shaw, and this is my wife, Rachel.
2: And this is our story.
3: We met in Seminole, Oklahoma uh, in 1997. Rachel was leading worship and I was doing sound.
2: First impressions of Derek Shaw.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> he was a little bossy for me. Um, I know this is gonna be hard to believe, but I am a slightly bossy person myself. And when I met Derek, I started volunteering in the youth department um, as a youth mentor and he was also a youth mentor and he was screaming at his little sister and i took her home introduced myself to his parents and said your son is the biggest jerk i've ever met and my father-in-law swears on the bible that he walked inside and looked at my mother-in-law in the eyes and said i met our son's wife <laughs> that's how we met <laughs> it's been a love story ever since
3: <laughs> so rachel led worship and uh, of course i mixed the sound if she would uh, aggravate me in any way or anything, I would just mute her, you know. And that is that. so
2: crazy because I'm the sweetest, most loving person on earth.
3: We got married here in Macalester at uh, her grandma's church.
2: First baptist.
3: Back in 2000, um, I was nervous as <laughs> <a> <laughs> um,
4: Almost passed out on stage. <laughs>
2: About 2003 I um, found out that I was having a baby and we went through all the excitement and the preparation for that and when I went to a doctor's appointment um, I had lost the baby um, but they had found a enormous tumor in my uterus and I had to start treatments right away for the tumor because they didn't want it to spread and um, spread to my lungs and all of that. So we began just three years after marriage, having to face losing a child and cancer treatment right away. 2008 or 2007, we found out um, that we were expecting again and we were not prepared for it. We didn't think we could have children. We'd been told um, by numerous doctors that, that wasn't gonna happen. and um, so It was a very difficult pregnancy. Uh, I was sick a lot, a lot, and I might have some genetic heart issues that came into play during the pregnancy. So legitimately, every time we'd go to the doctor, um, they would say, you're probably not gonna carry full term. We don't want you to get your hopes up, you're, pro- you're probably not gonna get to keep them. But you're you're doing good right now. So it's such an it such an encouraging time in our lives. And then um, we made it full term and produced the most beautiful, the most beautiful boy I've ever seen in my life. That is cheeks. Amazing. Me.
3: My wife, she went through 40 hours of labor <laughs> to uh, she put up with me while going through it. <laughs> and uh, to have Him, and it was, uh, wow, just, I cried. It's just, God says, hey, I got you.
2: Doctor came to us and said, "Uh, your body's just not gonna, it's just not gonna handle this anymore you guys need to consider giving that up. And then from then on, I started having some major heart problems that required surgery to fix. And that's difficult with a toddler. You know, having to explain and having to make life altering decisions, like, are we gonna, you know, what's gonna happen if I don't make it through this, and...
3: <laughs> Very tough. Very tough for us. Very tough for me. As the head of the household, you know, you think, you know, what have I done, what about
0: I... <laughs> what have I failed? <laughs>
2: six I knew that and um, I wanted to adopt felt like God was speaking to me that we should adopt and Derek <laughs> thought I was insane because yeah. we had just gone through um, pretty much physical trial after physical trial after physical trial and, and he just and I'm like no God spoke to us so he prayed about it and um, we finally went to talk to a um, an adoption worker and we walked into the meeting and the baby who had never even babbled a word at this point because she had been through some trauma um she looked right at Derek and said dada um the women the great great aunts that were uh, taking care of her at the time nearly fell over because not only had she never spoken but she knew Derek immediately um and we fell In love instantly.
3: I know I did, because going into the, we met at McDonald's and going in there, I was thinking, okay, we're gonna do this, but you know, that's it, we're gonna do it. And uh, when she looked at me, I was like, okay, that's mine. That's my favorite girl. She's already got daddy.
2: (laughs) If, (laughs) If you've never met Scotland Shaw and you didn't know that she has Derek Shaw wrapped around her teeniest, tiniest finger, then, I mean, you've never seen anything quite like the fall of Derek Shaw. So, Waverly K came into our lives in a pretty unique way. Um, I woke up one morning for work, was driving to school, and just this thought just popped into my head, the birth parents are gonna have another baby and it's gonna be a girl. And so I called the great aunt and asked if she knew anything. And she said, oh, absolutely not. And called me four hours later crying that <laughs> they were gonna have another baby. And so when it became evident that she was gonna to need to be placed somewhere, I knew that God had spoken to me that it was because she was needing to be placed with us. We were at home one Saturday and the hospital called and said uh, your daughter's been born and we need you here can you be here in the next 10 minutes
3: and still at that time I still was not 100% for it because I just you I thought scared. I was scared I thought it'd be too much but uh, I, I Rachel I went to the hospital before me a few hours before me and I decided I want to go down there you know and I'd walked in and I had smelt this awful smell. And I mean it's you know, I, just, I thought, what is that smell? And Rachel's like, that's the birth parents. They have not showered forever. And God just God just kind of I don't know if I've ever told even told Rachel this. <laughs> God, God was telling me, you're taking, the, you're taking this baby out of a mess and you're bringing, bringing her to me.
2: So um, after quarantine of 2020, I went back to teaching and I felt really, really badly um, just not my normal self. I kept telling Derek I think something's wrong. Um, I called my heart doctor, um, because it's always my heart. (laughs) And after having umpteen surgeries on my heart, I just assumed, um, I finally in about October went to the administration of my school and just said, um, my heart doctor and I've been talking. He thinks it may be the stress of teaching and I just need to retire. So um, very unforeseen quick early retirement at the beginning of November of 2020. In February of 2021, I was getting dressed for work. And the pain was just so out of this world. I I just thought, okay, there's something I'm missing. There's just something going on that I'm not putting my finger on. And it just hit me, like, you need to do um, a self breast examination. So I did the self exam that day and I found what I thought was about a grape size um, lump in my left breast. And my heart just, think, honestly, because I knew I was going to have to tell Derek something else was wrong.
3: Then she, uh, she was laying in bed one morning and she says, I think I've got something wrong. And I'm like, I was just in the back of my mind thinking, well, you know, is your heart messed up again? I mean, well, you know, she's like, no, I mean, I've got something that doesn't feel right in my left breast. And I just. I thought it was kind of, I thought it almost was a joke at, at first, which that ain't nothing to joke about. So I'm thinking, surely God, we don't have to go through something else. <laughs> and-
2: the hardest part of all of this is I heard him crying one night he was praying and like when it's you you kind of put on this mentality of just like fighting fighting through it and um, to watch your loved ones walk through something with you is, can be difficult and I heard him tell God um, how much more can my girl take and uh, that was probably one of the more difficult nights to know that it wasn't just me um, fighting through it. Jackson was having a difficult time. And he was just, Jackson's really easygoing and uh, good natured, just naturally. We don't usually have to get onto him and it's, unless it's like pestering his sisters or not cleaning his room for the thousandth time or taking a shower. <laughs> but, uh, sorry Jax, um, he was just in a mood like he was angry and mouthy and I just finally broke down and was like yelling at him and like, what is going on with you? And my son said, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do if you die. So it's one thing for your kid to say that and you'd be, oh, Jesus loves us, we're all going to be okay. But the truth is I can't. I have never lied to my son, except about Santa Claus, (laughs) 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 please forgive me about that. But I've never lied to Jax, we've always been real straightforward with him, it's just our personalities, so I kind of look him in the eye and tell him I was going to be fine. So I have to look him in the eye and say, son I don't know. I'm doing everything I can to stay alive for you. Well, I mean, the thing about those three kids is that I fought. I fought every moment to keep them, to get them here, to make them ours, to keep them alive, to put them in the presence of God on a weekly basis. I mean, I have fought and to be told by, to by doctors that everything you have fought for you may lose and there's nothing you can do to stop it. It's just a slap in the face. So that was a hard day. So I started chemo um, pretty quickly after being diagnosed, it all happens really fast. Um, They started me on um, four doses uh, every two weeks of something called the Red Devil. It is red, (laughs) and it is not fun. (laughs) Um, How to describe chemo? I have lived through some pretty difficult things in my life. Uh, Chemo will probably make the top five. (laughs) Um,
3: The first time I walked in and saw her today, she looked like she was on her deathbed. That's what chemo had done to her. And I had to turn around and walk out. It just uh, broke my heart.
2: Chemo causes bone pain and muscle pain and Put you into early menopause so you're having um hot flashes and you're sick but they pump you full of steroids so you're puffing out like the marshmallow man and i think maybe the most difficult thing about chemo that nobody wants to talk about is not really the sickness but the the way that it affects how you think because your body feels like it's dying so your brain is like hello lady you're not you're not doing well um, and so the constant battle between saying this is what god told me and what my brain is telling me this is how you feel is probably the most difficult thing i have ever lived through So then we met with our specialist who is, we are now seeing a specialist in Dallas. And she measured um, the tumor area and it appears that my tumor is completely responding to the chemo. Um, It was not chemo resistant, which is a miracle. They scheduled me for a double mastectomy uh, on September for,
3: uh, 21st. Tell you, uh, yeah, a few weeks ago, I've, I've always said this, but how much God is, I've never seen um, a more stronger person
4: than my wife.
2: I have so many people that love me, and have prayed for us, have given to us financially, have walked with us, have picked me up on the really bad days. have encouraged us so many people. I'm so grateful for every single one of you. You don't know what you've done for us. Um, but the common theme among women that walk through breast cancer is that you're a warrior, you're a badass. You're, you're the strongest person on earth. And can I can I say this is just not the case? And if there was a if there was a way to beat this on my own, like I'm tough as nails, I'd do it. I. would carry my three kids over hot burning coals up the side of a mountain i'm like those steel magnolias like if there was a way to do this on my own and that's been the hardest part of this is that there is not a way for me to fight this i can do what they say i can do everything right i can eat the right foods i can take the right medicine and at the end of the day i've buried friends i've buried friends who did everything right I can't tell you how many times that God has reminded me of stories in the Bible where uh, they they didn't have the strength to do what needed to be done. Uh, Moses couldn't save his people. And Joshua couldn't get them where they needed to be. I mean, the walls were too dang thick. How is he supposed to tear down walls they could raise chariots on? It was impossible God constantly has put his people into positions where there is literally no way to fight it on your own so when they call you a warrior it's because they don't understand how anyone survives it but I am telling you from experience there is no way to survive this without Jesus there isn't If I look strong, it's Jesus. If I live through this, it's Jesus. If there's a miracle that I get to sing about later, it's Jesus. If Jesus takes me home, it's, it's, it's Jesus. And one of my favorite, I got to teach um, at a Christian school. It's literally one of my favorite jobs ever because I got to teach Bible. So it's like mini preaching sermons every day, which sometimes they loved and sometimes they hated. One of my favorite stories to teach, and I've told Mark this before, was about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they come before Nebuchadnezzar and he commands everybody to bow. And I think one of the things that isn't often talked about is that there were other Jews in that room. They weren't the only Jews. They weren't the only people of Yahweh. They were the only three that weren't like, hey, let's just do it and get it over with and save our lives and we'll repent later. They they stood standing and, of course, he threatened them, threatened them with the furnace. We all know they got put in the furnace. Before they got put in the furnace, one of them said to him, God is able to save us and God will save us. But even if he doesn't, oh great King, we will not bow. And that's kind of been one of my life's mantras. He will, he will, he's able to do this. Can God perform a miracle? Absolutely. Will he do it? Yes, I believe he will. But even if he doesn't, I'm telling you, if there is a point in my life where you don't see my face, and this is my story. This is the last testimony of my life. I want you to know I didn't vow. I can't say that I was never afraid, but I can say I never let fear rule me. I will not let cancer be the testimony of my life. The testimony of my life is that Jesus loved me, saved me purposed me, commissioned me, and then he called me home. That will be my testimony. These children that you see running around here acting like wild Indians, those are, those are my testimony. I may live another 50 years, <laughs> and I hope that I do. I am fighting to do that. I love this man, and I love those three with all my heart. And I'm grateful for this church and for all of you, but if this is, if it doesn't go the way we want it to, that doesn't mean that God is not faithful and that He's not good. It means that He sees something that we don't see. And one of the scriptures that God gave me in all of this is that that I would sing miracles, songs of miracles of mercy. So that's what I want that's what I want my life to be.
0: Amen.
2: A song of the mercy and the miracles of God.
1: We you put your hands together for the, one of the strongest, bravest girls I've ever met. I love Whew. You can be seated for just a second if you want. I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. My God, self-inflicted. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if everyone knows, but uh, Rachel lived with my family when I was like 11 or 12 years old, probably. Uh, she was going to school in Shawnee, and uh, so she lived with my family in Seminole. So I used to hide under her bed and try to scare her. When she would fall asleep, I would squirt toothpaste on her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one time I, uh, I had a, bl- uh, a-, a blowgun as well, like my son. I did take the dart off, but I kept that hard plastic piece, and I snuck in one time and shot her right in the rear, and uh, you might have cussed at me that day, you might have. But just one of the uh, strongest, most brave, most courageous, if you ever wondered what real worship looked like. And uh, I I remember when we were getting all this news and uh, one of the first diagnoses, I I believe Rachel had a a 7 or 8% chance of living, was one of the initial reports that we got. And uh, so uh, as her little brother and as her pastor, uh, I'm going to call her and I'm going to encourage her and... Uh, as soon as she answered the phone, she says, hello. And I said, <laughs> you know," and I, I literally just sobbed for the next 30 minutes. And by the end of the conversation, Rachel was comforting me. <laughs> a true story. Uh, but uh, that day, I remember, I, I believe it was a Monday or Tuesday, and we had a night of worship the very next day on a Wednesday. And she said, Mark, I want to sing on that night of worship. And I said, if there was ever a time for us to Get up on this stage and worship together this is this is the time um because we don't know the end of the story we're praying and believing and standing in faith but we don't know the end of the story and i don't know what every person in this room is going through today but i know that many of you are facing hardships and difficulties and all sorts of struggles and all sorts of avenues from life and what I want to give you the opportunity to do today as the prayer team comes in just a little bit and we worship together I want to give you the opportunity today to do one of the most profound faith-filled acts of worship that you could possibly do it's so easy King's House to wait till the end of the story and say oh my gosh God's so good God's so faithful yeah I'm gonna worship that doesn't take a whole lot of faith right (laughs) But it takes a whole heck of a lot of faith and a whole heck of a lot of boldness to say god i don't know what the end of the story is going to be but it doesn't even matter because i'm going to worship you today god because no matter what changes in my world your worth and your deserving of my worship will never ever change king's house the the enemy can try to do so many things in your life he he, he he brutalizes our family. He attacks us from every angle imaginable. He attacks our finances. He attacks our dreams. He attacks our promises. He attacks those prophetic words that we hang on to. He attacks our health. He attacks, He does everything. And he can take so many things away from us. That let's just be honest. Some of our lives have been influenced by the schemes of the enemy. His job is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he's successful sometimes. Sometimes he's successful man he he can take he can he can take our dreams if we allow him he can influence our health he can influence our finances but king's house there is one thing that he cannot take from you if you don't allow him no matter what the enemy takes from your life you need this determination this boldness this faith you may take all sorts of things but you will never take my song you will never take my worship and i just want to encourage you with that this morning king's house some of you need to get up in some faith this morning some of you let it need let a holy boldness right up inside you that say that God I serve is able to do what he says he's gonna do I believe that he is gonna do but even if he doesn't do it I'm still gonna be standing in faith enemy you can take so much from me but you will never take my song you will never take my worship you didn't give it to me and you can't take it away from me King's house If you would, would you stand to your feet this morning? Uh, Rachel, uh, we got together one day in the midst of the Red Devil. And uh, we were working on some songs that we were gonna record. And uh, so Rachel let us listen to a chorus of a song that she had uh, received from the Lord when she was obviously on some really good pain medication. Because it was the middle of the night and she gets her phone out and she's like, like, yeah, that's really great, Rachel, man, that's, oh man. In spite of the horrific drug-induced recording, the the words were so powerful. And I knew it was a song for this time, for Rachel's life, uh, a song of faith, a song of proclamation. And as soon as I, as soon as I heard the, that chorus, uh, I had written some verses to a song several weeks prior, and I had worked and worked and worked and just couldn't get a chorus, but as soon as I, I heard that song, I was like, oh, this is what that song is for. So if I could just have the prayer team to come forward this morning, and just stand here along the edge of the stairs. King Sass, I just wanna give you an opportunity. If you are going through hell this morning, if you're facing circumstances and difficulties and trials, but you just wanna say, man, today I'm gonna stand in faith. Today, no matter what's going on in my life, I am making a choice. I am going to worship God today. He is more than able. I believe he will. But even if he doesn't, I, enemy, you are not going to steal my song. You are not going to steal my worship. And I just want to give you the opportunity if you need prayer this morning. For the rest of us in this room, I know this song is going to be brand new. But let's just lift up this song of praise as an anthem of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Can we do that, King's House? Amen.
4: You said I never was.
1: Hand, let's lift it up. Sing it with me. Oh, I will praise you. I
4: will praise
1: you. Oh, come on, like you mean it this morning, King's House. Oh. God, no matter what we're going through today God no matter how big the mountain how big the giant the obstacle in our way Jesus we are making a choice The enemy can take so many things but he cannot take our worship he cannot take our song Jesus, no matter what we're going through we just want to tell you this morning you are still worthy, Jesus God, no matter what we're going through this morning we want to tell you, you are still good God, you are still faithful God, you are the same yesterday, today and forever, Jesus God, we're going to give you praise this morning not after the battle's over but Jesus, in the middle of the storm, God we're going to give you praise we're gonna give you worship today Jesus God you deserve it there is nobody else like you Jesus so worthy of all the praise of all the worship we could ever give him in the name of Jesus everybody said this morning come on give him a big hand of praise this morning man isn't God good so good hey quick announcement king sass before you leave this morning i don't feel like i asked for a whole lot as your pastor some of you might disagree with that erica's looking at me shaking her head like oh no you asked for plenty but here's what i'm asking you do not miss church next sunday Like I am, I am asking you from the bottom of my heart, if there is any way possible for you to be here next Sunday, I need you here next Sunday. Hey, if you can't, some of you guys watching online, just tune in online, but if there's any way you can be here, it is going to be such an incredible, powerful, life-changing, memorable service. I can't stress that enough. After the service is over, we're going to have a big church fellowship, we're going to have walking tacos, we're going to play volleyball, we're going to play cornhole, We're, we're just going to spend an hour or two we're just going to hang out have some fellowship but tell your friends that aren't here this morning invite a friend but if there's any way possible be here at the king's house next sunday morning 10 o'clock can you do that for me king's house have an amazing week home group wednesday night god bless you
0: thank you so much for joining us today if you are in need of prayer or wish to speak to one of our pastors please email us at info at the kings And if you would like to give towards the ministry of the King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church forward slash giving, or by texting any dollar amount to the number 84321 and respond to the prompts sent back to you. If you're ever around the area and you want to visit us, we meet every week at 124 B. Hubert Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit with us ahead of time where you can reserve your seats, your parking spot, and even pre-check in your kids before you arrive on the Sunday of your choosing. Just fill out the quick form at thekingshouse.church forward slash plan your visit. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you can catch all of our latest messages. We look forward to seeing you real soon.